I'm Jacob. I've seen Lost seven times. I'm Jack. I've never seen Lost before. Jack's about to watch all of Lost for the first time. For fuck. Hello, welcome to the Lost Boys podcast with the every step of the way. You have me, Jacob Stolworthy. And me, Jack Shepherds. We're here because we have watched Lost Season 5, Episode 15, Follow the Leader. Follow the leader, 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 follow the leader. Which is the penultimate episode of Season 5, Jack. Whoa. It's pretty nuts. It's 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 really nuts. Wow. What pen- a... Whoa. The penultimate whoa. episode of the penultimate season of Lost. It's the penulti- penultimate. I know. It's, it's all the penultimates. Um... So, I mean, we're going to kick off with how we usually kick off, which is, Jack, your opinion on this episode, please. We want the verdict. Oh, yeah. It was, there was a lot. There was a lot going on, wasn't there? It was a lot. I liked it, though. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I feel like this episode feels like Lost of Old, in a way. It kind of go. it falls into the, I say, familiar trappings of the setup episodes, because Lost has very distinct setup episodes, don't they? Like there's definitely a formula that these episodes have, but it peppers in so many interesting other things that I think it it's actually a cut above some of the others we've had. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a lot of momentum going on here. And as much as it is, you know, setting up, I guess, you know, the f- finally introducing Jacob. Uh, <laughs> what gives um, you that idea? <laughs> <laughs> And a couple of other things. Um, it's still, it's still, you know, there, enough happened in the episode itself to make it feel like there was just, there was just a lot going on. I don't know how we're going to cover it all, Jacob. I know, I know, I know. We, but we will. We shall indeed. I think we got it down to a fine art because I was always worried about season five <laughs> when we before when we started this podcast. I was like, God, I can't imagine breaking down season five of Lost, but we've nearly done it, and I feel like we've done it successfully. But we'll let the viewers decide. We'll let the listeners decide that. Um, but yeah, no, if it's got, like you say, all of that, but it also throws in, like, it, there's a bit where it's near the end where you hear the old school season one adventure music from when they're like uh, climbing the cliffs to get to higher grounds or whatever, hiking in the um, second episode. And it brings it back and it feels, whilst it makes you nostalgic, it also just makes you, I don't know, just makes you feel like the finale's coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're on for they're going on a little adventure and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Hopefully. At, hopefully. Well well, hopefully. Um so let's kick off uh where things usually kick off, which is the beginning. Um so this episode is is actually really quite easy to break down because obviously it all takes place on the island, which is actually it's just it's the eighth episode to have taken place just on the island, which, you know, is a number. I don't know if you want to do number watch right now, but we'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> oh wow! You want to save? You want to save the number watches? Um, but yeah, so basically starts where last week's left off. Faraday has been shot. We kind of see this through, well, hear this, I should say, through Jack and Kate's perspective, who are kind of like digesting the information that Daniel has just given them about, you know, resetting things. Uh, and Jack makes his stance on it particularly clear, which is he thinks this is uh, a chance to erase all the heartbreak and all the misery and all the, uh, you know, deaths uh, that have occurred. Whereas Kate 
just thinks he's a bit mad. Um, <laughs> rudely interrupted by Ellie's gunshot killing Faraday, uh, which leads to them getting caught by the others, namely Mr. Charles Widmore. There he is. Um, middle-aged widders, as, as we shall refer to him. Um, Jack gets a beating here. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets, does, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets, gets a absolutely smacked around the face. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Serves him right. He gets he gets he gets the Ben Linus treatment, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like kicked, punched, like with a big old butt of the machine gun or the or the rifle, whatever they have. Um and he copes well from it. He's he's kind of like, you know, doesn't lose any teeth. It's good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh so yeah, we we swiftly learn that Jack like, like I say, he makes his stance clear, but this kind of leads to, obviously, the big debate going into the finale, but also big debate among us, which I don't know. I have a feeling we might have conflicting views on it. Um, but Jack's viewpoint, naturally, and I think it's really in keeping with his character, is that his viewpoint stems from a desire to fix things, to save everyone, which has obviously been his MO from the start. But sprinkled with a bit of the John Locke, this is our destiny, or this is what we're supposed to do. Now, the first part I find very believable, especially because you consider that just a few weeks ago, Jack was actually pretty depressed and was wanting to kind of change things in a drastic way. And he's now presented with this fairly wacky idea, but one that would let him do that. <laughs> so obviously he'll probably grab onto that with both hands. Mm. Um, but Kate makes a Well, Kate doesn't really make a point initially, but Kate just makes it clear she doesn't believe or she doesn't think Jack's thinking logically. What's your views on this? I'm kind of team Jack, I think. Okay. Why? Well, because I think he, I think he's right to want to, to want to save all the people who died. You know, a lot of people have died here. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of bad shits happened. Yeah. And I think if you could do something, you know, Faraday, was a, a good man and he was, you know, clever yeah. and seemed to know what he was talking about. And I think he gave, you know, I would, I would, I would listen to him. Right. And if I, and if that option to save everyone was presented, I think I would be like, yeah, that should be done. And I think, I think what puts me, put me off was when Kate was like, yeah, but we'll never meet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, yeah, but, so what? Like, even, you know, you, you would give that up. I mean, they're not even happy together, for fuck's sake. You know, <laughs> they're like, they're, they've had a miserable few years. You know, they've also, you know, their friends have died. Um, surely you would be like, yeah, you know, if, if we're if we're soulmates destined to be together, then we will we'll somehow meet when we miraculously land in L.A. or whatever. You know. But uh, yeah, so Kate's being quite sentimental and glorifying their pretty miserable relationship. And I understand why that might be quite annoying and stuff. And Kate does kind of word it in the sense of yeah, we wouldn't meet, which I think is a very selfish way of looking at things. But but again, quite believable, because I think I might position it in that way if I happen to be in that very odd position that they are in. Um, but she also mentioned something later on where she says, um, you know, you're talking about detonating hydrogen bomb which would kill people children women it would it could kill a lot of people on this island uh 
so like, do the ends justify the means? Because Jack is talking about potentially hurting a lot of people by resetting things. Yeah, but we also know that Faraday's mum survives. And we know that everyone on the island, like Ben and people, are, are, are meant to live as well. So I feel like I feel like it's not necessarily just exploding the bomb like there and then, is it? It's, there's something more going on. Okay, fine. Well, I'll present to you another thing, which is there's a lot of talk about Faraday being right and Faraday knowing what he's talking about and Faraday, you know, being a clever man. We get it with... You know, with you, you just said it. Uh, Jack suggests it, and Miles says it to Doctor Chang when Doctor Chang point blank asks him, "Should we listen to him?" And Miles says, "Well, he's been right about everything so far, so yeah, let's let's do it." And I agree, he is. I agree with all of that. However, one thing Jack's conveniently forgetting or choosing to not recall is that in the variable last week's episode, um. He, when he returns and he first he sees Jack for the first time in you know three years, he says to him, "Yeah, my mum shouldn't have told you. Shouldn't have. She was wrong to tell you that it was your destiny to come back here." Now he's really listening to Ellie. He he's he's really kind of going down the hole, conveniently forgetting that Faraday told him that that to listen to Ellie was probably bad news, but he's now following Ellie. Or could help letting Ellie help them, and but I would say on that point that Faraday thought that he was going to be the savior, and that he, you know, it was his destiny to to save everyone and set off the hydrogen bomb. But he died, so I think if that happened, you would be like, "This is my place to like take up that mantle." Okay, and, and maybe his mum was actually right that I should take that position. So he's he's trusting someone who he is going to be wrong to trust in 30 years' time. But he's only in that position because he did follow the advice Faraday told him he shouldn't have followed. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a mindfuck. But, but that I feel like in that part, like, Faraday was wrong. Like, his mum was probably right to send Jack back. Okay, yeah. Because she knows what's going to happen in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, she's I know got, what you mean. she's got the spoilers. She's um, got, she's, she's littered with spoilers. Yeah. Well, so that's what, you know, that's why she, she's driven to send Jack back in the first place. So he can do what he's about to do and complete whatever happens, you know, which, you know, another person who is privy to what happens is Richard Alpert, who you could you could argue this is kind of a Richard Alpert centric episode because each he's he's present in each timeline. Right. You're saying it's a Richard Alpert flashback episode. It's 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 this is kind of considered to be an Alpert episode. Yeah, because he's like the kind of the focal point in in both timelines as in yeah. he's he's just there. So that's exciting. Last week when I asked you uh or a few weeks ago when I asked you whose episode it was, you never predicted output. Um, but he was there when whatever transpires, transpires. <laughs> and uh, he says that he saw them all die. Jack, Hurley, Kate, etc. What do you make of that, Bombshell? I can see it happening. <laughs> okay, so what would that mean for the show? Um, 
But I don't see it necessarily... I mean, he might see it as death, but I imagine they will... Something will happen, you know, something will go off. The bomb. Faraday's prophecy of, like, you know, something changing will happen and they will end up in either, like, an alternate timeline or something or they will, like, pop forward back it forward in time or... You know, to some some future, I don't know. There's uh, something weird's gonna happen. Like I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly, like you know, when they go and meet Jacob or something, okay. and then suddenly like Jack's gonna be there, <laughs> like, like suddenly appeared from like 1970s or whatever it is. Yeah, in the seventies. Uh, fair enough. I think uh, that's a fair point. There's also a lot of talk this episode about them disappearing. Uh, like Ellie says, he disappeared in front of my eyes, and Richard says it's a lock. Um, and it's so it's so funny because the thought of them like going bloop and just like disappearing, like the island does. Uh, where, you know, in season four is just quite funny, and I love how they never show us that because it would just kind of make it ridiculous, wouldn't it? Yeah, like like even in this episode, lock does a little bloop. Yeah, you hear like a, and he's gone. It, oh, I love that scene. That sequence is so good when it comes full circle with the scene from Because You Left. Who is that man, John? Me. Meanwhile, we have uh, Sawyer and Julia in a particularly uh, sticky situation. Um, they're tied up. Uh, they're getting well. Sawyer's getting beat. Uh, and Radzinski, who seems to have uh, superseded Horace, the kindly Horace Goodspeed, as the de facto leader, now things are getting a bit tough, uh, is demanding to know where Ben was taken, who Kate is, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Soyo is being quite stoic, isn't he? He's just like, don't say anything, don't do anything. But my God, Jack Shepard, when that f- Phil, Patrick Fischler, says, I can get him to talk and just wax Juliet. Oh, my God. Oh Jacob was nappy. Neither was I. I was, that was very shocking. And Sawyer, I mean, Sawyer just says, I'm going to kill you. And I don't know about you, but I, I kind of believe him. But Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, so, but so, Sawyer's leaving the island now, so that's not going to happen. Um, but is he? <laughs> to be continued. That Sawyer ends up in a boat with Kate and Juliet. These are three, three mate. The, the moment Kate went onto that boat, I was like, well, this isn't happening, is it? <laughs> it's so funny because, uh, I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons, Juliet's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because Ju- Ju- Sawyer and Juliet kind of work, they spend this episode working them work their way into a pretty cushy situation, despite you know, where they are when it, when it begins, which is they say they're going to tell Rosinski everything they want to know if they can just get on the sub and leave. Uh, and you're led to believe that, you know, when they're walking down the Getty, the, the, the jetty, and uh, they're talking about what the they're going to do. The Getty. When they're walking down the, jet, the jetty and they get to the submarine and then Sawyer says, after you. I'm always like, oh my God, it seems like Sawyer's just going to like, you know, knock one of the Dharma men over their head, get their guns and just like, let's let Juliet go. And he's going to like go on some like Rambo mission to save Kate or whatever. Um, but no, he gets on and he goes down and, and 
and then they're talking about their cushy life back home. And I don't know about you, but I'm thinking spin-off potentials. I'm thinking spin-offs. <laughs> I'm thinking all sorts. I'm thinking I'm just happy ending. Juliet's finally going to get off the island. Great. And be with her man. And then wait, we've got one more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like even the look on Juliet's face, I'm just like, she knows, she knows like the moment, not just that, obviously there's like the relationship that was there. But also the fact that Kate's there, I am. I think she's probably thinking the same thing. She's just like, we're never getting out here, are we? Like this is destiny is not made for us to leave. So what? What? What do you? What could? What could transpire there to make them not leave? Because we do see the submarine, like you know, go down in a very, very good CG scene. <laughs> CG. Ooh, it was fine. It it's just looked like very... a PlayStation Two game or something. It's very good, CG. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if if the like if something if the incident at the hatch is gonna happen, I mean we all know there's like some weird magnetic pull thing that could pull them back. That could just pull them back. I don't know. Like um, a like a like a magnet. Yeah, like a big, big old magnet, and then there's suddenly stuck in the submarine up against the hatch that would suck. Um, <laughs> oh, you think, oh you think literally the submarine's going to get yanked out of the water forget flight forget jumping the shark flying the yeah. flying submarine moments they should call it yeah yeah or, or just or some mechanical failure you know something something will happen where they're just going to end up back there someone will someone will have forgotten their hairdryer and they'll need to turn back to go get it. But which one? Wait and see on next yeah. week's last. <laughs> um, it'll be Horace. Because Horace has got long hair. It'll be like, oh, I can't go anywhere without this. Yeah, but Horace, it. Horace ain't on the sub though. Well, it was a joke, but yes. Oh, fair enough, I mean, sorry. Yeah, someone, someone will need to turn around. I don't know. They're not going anywhere, are they, is what I'm saying. And I don't... Uh, <laughs> I mean, to take them out of play would be odd going into the finale. I'll just say that. Yeah. I mean, if I had if I had one prediction for the finale... Oh, you're going in with your predictions now? Well, just, just one of my many, which okay. will probably come up. But I, I can't foresee uh, Juliet surviving. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like I feel like this this moment, the kind of like I love you, that was closure for a lot of things. And I think if she gets pulled back to the island, I just yeah, I can't see can't see her living through this. What if I told you that no main character dies in the finale? Would you be surprised? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I I I get why I was always worried for Juliet, but. Hold your horses. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. What do you make of the, um, when I say main character, I mean, there are some deaths, but obviously not, not main characters because it's a finale. People have to die. But um, what do you make of like the Dharma kind of power play, let's say now with Radzinski going, no, we're going to drill into that hole. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, you know, I'm going to hurt people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I wasn't, not, not really a fan of this. I don't really understand where it's kind of come from um, for Rosinski to kind of turn into this real macho. 
I'm taking over character. And also why someone doesn't just stop it. Like, um, but he's got many of them. He's got minions, I guess. Yeah. But like, he's like a bit of a, I know. Yeah. He goes on full, uh, I've got here, um, Radzinski goes on, goes full on Madzinski. <laughs> Madzinski. <laughs> Madzinski. It's like the, the, uh, it's like, Villain, villain alter ego. <laughs> it's just been, just been his <laughs> origin story this past few episodes. He does seem to go like he does go loco. He does, but he's probably like he's just like very dedicated scientist who's given like this this place to run riot with his mad ideas, and he's finally about to like pull something off finally in his life to make him stand for something. And by God, he's going to see it through. That's that's how I read it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, so yeah, back at back at the uh, Faraday death site, Ellie's just trying to come to terms with the fact that quite clearly, uh, this man is her son, and a few things point that out. One is the notebook, the journal in which her handwriting is there, uh, and it's obviously a journal she will give to him, and she will write those words, you know, at some point in the future. And she puts two and two together about, you know, Far- meeting Faraday uh, years earlier in in the 50s when he told her to bury Jughead and said he was from the future. So she's like, you know, having a bit of a moment, Ellie, isn't she, in this episode? Yeah, she's, she's. Uh, I mean, I don't like her, but it doesn't help. And, yeah, you know, because she kills her son. She kills Faraday. Yeah, but she doesn't know it's her son. Not that killing is good or anything, but she wouldn't. She she didn't mean to murdering isn't good. Murdering is not oh. good. I don't I don't, <laughs> don't murder in any shape or form. But you know, like she didn't know it was her son. She sent him back to the island or sent him to the island, knowing she would kill him. That is something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but yeah, it always happened though, so she couldn't screw with with it. You know what I mean? Well, she could have done. Yeah, but would, I don't know what would have happened if she. If she wasn't, if she wasn't such an arsehole in the first place, then it wouldn't have, then Faraday wouldn't have gone there and this whole thing wouldn't have happened and then she wouldn't have had to send him there because he never went in the first place. But if she, she tried to stop the fact that she sent him, he would, it would have course corrected and he would have ended up there anyway. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a weird <laughs> she's one. She's still an arsehole though. It is quite weird. Though. There's there's a lot, there's a few suggestions here that she's, you know, pregnant. Um, yeah, which couple is of odd. Hands on the belly, couple of hands on the belly, and you know, yeah, few few little references and stuff. Uh, so yeah, like it's weird. She's just kind of killed the son that she's carrying, which is not a situation you you find yourself in every day, Jack. No, no, an unlikely situation for anyone. Absolutely. So cut her some slack, is what I'm saying to you. He said that he was from the future. And then he disappeared. Right in front of my bloody eyes. Ten minutes ago, I shot that man in the back. And before he died, he told me that he... He said he was my son. Explain to me. And you have my word, I will believe you.
how is this my handwriting if I don't remember writing it? Mm. Um, there's some really good moments. Basically, Ellie and Richard just take them under their wing, and obviously, Widmore's got a bit of an issue with that. Um, but when they get to, basically, Ellie takes them to where they bury Jughead, and she explains to them that since they bury Jughead, the Dharma Initiative built their barracks right, you know, of course they did, right over where they buried Jughead. Uh, so to access it, they're going to have to go undercover, basically. Um, but to get there, they're going to have to like swim through some underground tombs and stuff. It gets very Tomb Raider, doesn't it? Yeah, it gets gets quite Indiana Jones. It gets Indiana Jones. I like that though. That's fun. That's where the adventure element comes into it. Um, but Kate is she's done enough. In a very rare lost moment, Kate turns her back on Jack's plan and says, "I can't have anything to do with this. I don't. I don't." agree with what you're doing and this is all mad and you sound like Locke and Locke was crazy and then Saeed <laughs> makes his return <laughs> and he's all like yeah I mean he's Mr. Pessimist so he's obviously going to go along with Jack's idea of absolutely obliterating their their life <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Giggles you know <laughs> they, have a good, they have a little chat about Ben don't they yeah because Saeed's convinced he killed Ben yeah, and but he's, like, he's, he's completely fine with these ways. Like, I killed the child. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you want me to say to that, Said? I mean, this is where Kate becomes a bit more, her, her plight becomes a bit more understandable because she's like, since when was killing kids and detonating hydrogen bombs something we were okay with doing? Like, this is all kind of taken a grand old leap in the space of a week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. That is a more fair argument. I think that just the way they, the way they do it at first is like she's a bit miserable because she's not going to meet Jack, and it's like, fuck yeah, it, it doesn't um, do her favors. You're correct. You are correct, especially with you, yeah. number one Kate critic. Hey, I think I feel like a lot of people probably felt similar at the time. I can imagine because she is like she's a bit of a spare one, isn't she? She's not really doing much. She's just like she's like Jack. I'm not going to follow you anymore, and then she just gets captured by some other people. And now yeah. she's on the boat, just getting in the way with Sawyer. She's like, <laughs> ah, you know, she's just breaking dreams left, right, and center. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know, I know what you mean. It's a big moment for her, though, turning her back on Jack like that. I think that is something we've not seen her do. She's kind of always had Jack's back, and uh, regardless of whether she thought it was a right idea, she's the one who kind of wants to go ahead, even when Jack's going, "No, you're not to come this time." So it's quite funny to see her having that turnaround. But I also think Jack does sound a bit crazy myself. And I hate it when they call Locke crazy. Kate does it here. And I hate it. You know, like that episode where Locke goes round to see Kate and he sees them all. But Kate's like, just like very disparaging of him. And it really wound us up. Uh, I don't think Locke sounds crazy, but for some reason, Jack speaking Locke's words does make him sound a bit crazy. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I'm not all in on Jack either because I do think he is a bit crazy. And I think, you know, the whole, the only reason I'm buying into the, the like detonate hydrogen bomb thing is because I can't see them doing it in a way that would like kill everyone. Also, they have a vac, they are trying to evacuate the island. They are. Anyway. It's true. Faraday has set that in course. So I feel like there's, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity to believe in 
you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, but yeah. Jack does have slight crazy eye going on. And I think seeing him, seeing him not being like very pessimistic is just slightly unnerving. Yeah, I know. He's like a dog with a stick um, with this, with this plan. And he's just like moving full steam ahead without really considering what he's about to do. Like I'd actually be quite nervous <laughs> if I was him, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem it. I feel like when they get to the bomb, that's when you see it. When he suddenly sees it in front of him and he's like, oh, fuck, it really is a hydrogen yeah. bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's big. Um, I think the one the one cute little moment is, you know, when they're swimming underneath the thing and, uh, you know, I'd be screwed. I'd have to turn around because I won't be able to last that long underwater. But um, they get there and, and then he goes after Richard and Richard's waiting for him and then Ellie arrives and then he's had that moment of Saeed where he's like, look, come along or not, whatever. And then Saeed does arrive. He like pops his head up out of the water and Jack's his little grin. He's all happy to see his old buddy, isn't he? I, there are a couple of things here. One thing, obviously diving under there, I would be terrified. Mm. And then I realized like if I was swimming under there, going into like this very small space, like I would definitely be really tempted to turn around, mm. but then turning around would probably be worse because the journey back <laughs> would probably be longer than the journey there. And I was just thinking all these things in my head. I was just like, wow, I'd be so screwed here. Yeah. I would like, <laughs> and also they are swimming in their clothes as well. Yeah. Like swimming in full clothes is, is quite difficult. Yeah. So um, Jack even says it was longer than I thought, or it was further than I thought. Yeah, I I would have at least you know, I don't know, taken something off probably. Yeah. I mean, he's wearing like quite a thick bomber, like big overalls, isn't he? His yeah, he is. Yeah. I, I probably would have gotten out of them and just gone in like, I mean, ideally you would just be in shorts and t-shirt and some shoes for the other side. Yeah. Well, no one in but, the lost wears shorts and t-shirts. They weren't thinking about that, were they? No, they weren't. I mean, this, to be honest, is probably the last thing they expect to be doing when they arrive back on the island, but there you go. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It stresses me out, that scene, but it's, it's fun, it's exciting. Um, and when they get to the other side, uh, I like this little moment. Eloise says, right, let's get started, which is exactly what she says to Jack and co in the church before they head back to the island. Um, and... I feel like watching that scene back in the church, it's definitely her referencing this moment because obviously she remembers she did it years, 30 years before to Jack. I don't think I would remember what I said. I think Eloise remembers everything, mate. I think, I think maybe, maybe she's got, maybe she's got a great memory. Maybe she just likes certain phrases and she's, she's just got many catchphrases. That's, that's the one. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, let's get started. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I think this with her, though. She probably noted it down afterwards. It was like, I must say that to him if I ever see him again. <laughs> <laughs> She's got this like weird advantage over everyone. Um, the only other scene of note uh, in all these scenes you, you just touched upon, actually, is the evacuations, um, and it's between Miles and Hurley and Jin and Dr. Chang. Um, basically, Dr. Chang spots Hurley who still has his guitar case can I just point out I always wonder if you wonder what the hell the deed is with the guitar case right have we ever seen him play guitar no but he's it's given it, it he just arrives with it at the airport oh it's, isn't it 
Charlie's guitar because he needed to like recreate, recreate. Charlie being there. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, okay. Um, and he, uh, Dr. Chang, is you know, he's been playing on his mind what uh, Faraday said about them being from the future. And he starts, it's hilarious actually, he starts quizzing her <laughs> on the year he was born, um, who the president is, which is exactly what Hurley was worried would happen when they first arrived. Uh, and you think he might have subtly just tried to find that out, just in case anyone did ask him. Yeah, maybe. But he's not hes not quite that switched on as old has. So, uh, yeah, he, he gets a bit screwed. It's a nice father-son moment, though, isn't it? I mean, we get, we get some... I feel like Miles gets some... Um, you know, some some closure here. Miles would be another person who could easily get bumped off, you know, and and I feel like his story arc would be pretty much complete now. Interesting. Well, I'll repeat what I said earlier. No one, yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. you, I heard you. Yeah. Although then there would be no, like, why, why bring in a guy who could talk to dead people? Yeah, that's true. But you're right, he does get some form of conclusion in that he sees that, he, you know, his, his dad sent his mum away angrily to save her and yeah you'd think his mum would have kind of understood that but she doesn't and spends the rest of her life kind of like trashing Pierre which is quite sad for Pierre actually I want you to leave now why is he yelling at her dude it's the only way you can get her to leave Sorry, man. Right, so it, she's on the boat with with Kate and. Uh, I think there. Okay. No, I think there's gonna. There's a different sub mm. or a different something or other. This is just for them to go back to Ann Arbor or something. <laughs> yeah. And as far as I know, absolutely. But uh, she's on there with young Charlotte as well. As well. Uh, yeah, we see her with no chocolate bar in hand. But then again, <laughs> this <laughs> the villain of the week appears in a blink and you'll miss it cameo <laughs> in the background um yeah so so you're right about about miles and pierre it is nice yeah um, i feel like and he asked him for advice on the Faraday situation they, they are good scenes Cause, cause i really like made yeah. out to be the, you really know, with like the tapes in the first in the second season and stuff and you're just like who is this man and then it's like he's just some guy doing a few experiments isn't he and it you know yeah Yeah, absolutely. And his 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 reactions to them being from the future are just like really quite believable, I find. I think it's really well written, those scenes. I mean, the Hurley exchange is hysterical. I really love it. It's funny. And in case anyone's wondering, the president at that time was Jimmy Carter. Thank you. So if I told you that this episode marks the lowest ever audience figures lost received, would you believe me? Yes. Yeah, it it is. It's the it's the low lowest um, of all wow. the episodes, um, and that was uh, eight point seven zero million. Which people really didn't like season five, did they? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, the highest was season two premiere, Man of Science, Man of Faith, which got twenty three point four seven million. Um, uh, which you just wish. They reached the twenty three forty eight mark. That would have been so good, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, I I find it weird that like people who made it 
like I don't know three seasons in or I know that was only season two premiere but the season three and four viewing figures were still pretty high yeah like so I just find it funny that people would just like stop because <laughs> I would just be like I'm too involved now <laughs> I, I called it uh separating uh the uh the wheat from the chaff get rid of the uh, get rid of those hangers on who aren't sure don't want them we've got the real fans watching now <laughs> Have you ever made it that far into a show and then stopped? Um, five seasons in and then stopped. No, I've been tempted to, uh, but I've, I kept on. I never think I've ever... I stopped watching Heroes after three seasons. I thought there were any like that many. <laughs> That's four, I think. That's four in all. But no, have you? I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't really think so. I didn't watch the last season of Parks and Recreation. But that was just because uh. that's because I couldn't be bothered. So that, that's probably the only time, really. I think a lot of was, people... That was like a sitcom, so I feel like that's fine. Yeah, it's a bit, it is quite different to a drama, to just stopping a drama. I think a lot of people would say Walking Dead. Um, yeah. I'm still going with it, but I think a lot of people would have stopped long ago. Yeah. I feel like that's, I feel like that's somehow fairer than... Stopping Lost because I feel like yeah. Stop, Lost has so many mysteries where you're just like I need to know more. Yeah, there's also, a lot. There's a lot of spinning plates. That's for sure. Yeah, arguably, like I've, you know, get, this season I feel like is one of the stronger ones. Yeah, you've enjoyed it. No, it is. It totally is, um, and it's becoming a, a popular opinion as time goes on, which is really fun, and and I'm glad to see it. Um, yeah, I think because I think people I've seen a lot of people since Lost arrived on Disney Plus, star on Disney Plus, have suggested they might pick up where they left off. Um, and I think a lot of people would have probably stopped after season four, as you say. So when they watch season five, they'll probably be like, What the hell? But they'll enjoy it and be like, it Lost Lost was good. Lost was great. <laughs> it didn't lose it, you know. I feel like everyone in the all everyone in the US is gonna be like, What the hell is star? And what the heck, why is why is Lost on Disney Plus? Yeah, very odd. They will not have that. Yeah, I mean ABC is what a, a subsidiary of Disney's, more Disney Studios. Is that why in England? Yeah, but it, yeah. I mean, it's I think in the US they have because they have Hulu, which is Disney's kind of thing, thing. And therefore everything kind of all the Hulu originals are being released on Disney Plus over here because we have like adult. They don't have that the adult stuff. On the adult Disney section, Plus, like right? Pure. Pure kids. Just just so, in case people are wondering, uh, there are, there are parental locks, so don't worry. British kids aren't getting uh, absolutely. You're such uh, a shill because <laughs> I I've had I've had messages from Disney being like, make sure to include the parental locks because <laughs> otherwise parents are going to be scared. Um, well, it's funny so, that because on Disney Plus now on the interface it just pops up with horror films and all sorts, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's just quite funny to see it alongside Toy Story and what lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like Pixar and all this nice stuff, and then suddenly there's like Deadpool too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. I liked it. I like it though. I like the additions. Um, so I, I think from the beginning, I, I've mentioned uh, a few numbers. I think it's now could be a good time for number watch. Oof, Is that, go on, mate. Do you mind that? I don't, I don't mind. Well, early on, you had strong views about when we did it. So anyway, it's time for. Number watch. 
lowest recorded audience, 8 million, I think is it, we could say is one, and then the highest was 23. But this is actually the eighth episode to take place completely on the island, as we mentioned earlier, but it's also the 15th episode of this season. Whoa. <laughs> um, the beginning of the episodes, um, they name check Flight 815, which, you know, old school. Whoa. But, but Flight 815, there you go. There you go. Two numbers. Uh, another one. An I did a bit of Goldie. An oldie but Goldie, yes. I uh, did a bit of digging on the next one. So as Sawyer is walking to the submarine on the jetty, not the Getty, um, he says that, that he's going to bet on Dallas Cowboys to win the 1978 Super Bowl, which indeed would have won him some money because they did win the Super Bowl. Uh, and they won it on January the 15th, 1978. Whoa. That's like a. I, I did some dig, did a digging on that one, you know. Did some digging. Well, you looked at the lost Wikipedia page. Uh, I didn't find that on there. I just found out if that Sawyer was right because it didn't have that as a number watch on the lost Wikipedia page. So I think they should update that. Actually, uh, now onto the section of the episode, which is uh, thirty years later, which is obviously interspersed throughout the episode, um, and it starts with a nice little shot of a ship, which could be the Black Rock. Uh, in a bottle, which Jack, that's a pastime you you uh, you indulge in every now and then, isn't it? Oh yeah, I big big, big mini ship bottler. Um, you were. I think that's that's the official term, isn't it? Absolutely. And you weren't at all um, kind of shitting all over Richard's activity there, were you? When you watched no. the episode, no, absolutely not. I no. can completely see that being a real hobby for people. Look, he's a, he's been alive for a long time. He's got to find fun, okay? I yeah. Do you reckon he's to... do you reckon he's really good at piano? I bet he's good at every instrument. Yeah. <laughs> every instrument. And if he isn't, lazy bastard. Do you reckon he's actually the mastermind behind Geronimo Jackson? To- totally, totally. Uh, I think he's the mastermind behind behind every band. He's actually imagine if he I mean he could have lived so many lives. He could be so many famous people. He could have been, you know, maybe like, I don't know. He was actually Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly didn't actually die. He he <laughs> appeared on the island. It was Richard yeah. Halpert all along. Oh my God, that's actually amazing. I love that idea. <laughs> I actually just put my head to my hand thinking in, in like, oh my God, that's so great. How have they not done that? How have they not <laughs> done Buddy Holly on the island? Um, that's so great. Uh, all of these scenes are very odd in this section. I find I find it all very odd, actually, these present day scenes, because it just, I don't know, that there's like a storm coming in the background, the weather's odd, and everything's just a bit odd. Um, mm. But anyway, uh, I do like how old school Locke is in this episode, um, merged with his newfound confidence. Um, so at the beginning when he like brings the ball, it just reminds me of like old school knock on the island, you know, finding boar in the jungle, everyone being like, whoa, look at this man with the boar. Here's lunch. Here's lunch. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's with Sun, he's with Ben, and Richard is, you know, reunited with not only Locke, but with Ben, which is quite funny because Ben's worth has dipped quite drastically over the past few years in Richard's eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because, because he has been... Yeah, classically, like the big bad of the series, mm. and then he just feels like like a pawn in the game almost. You know, it's quite strange. Ben has never felt more like that, has he? Than in this episode? No, no, for sure. 
I think it's just an interesting dynamic, and I like that the show's kind of just can do that with a character. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't think of any other examples where it's quite where they that's happened before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, whereas you could argue Desmond's kind of similar in a way, um, in a way, and but but they they are underusing him. Whereas it's good to see that they're still using Ben in a in a in a successful, effective manner. Yeah, I mean Desmond. I mean, he has a, he's been a no show for a while now, hasn't he? Where is he? Where's our boy? He had a, he had a small appearance last episode, but that's yeah, it, it, it's slim pickings for Des. A um, few little interesting things is uh, we get an update on where the others are, and they're at the temple, which is the same place where Ben ordered them to go um, three years early in, in, in season three. Um, so that's cool. Um, the other interesting thing about all of this is. It's just Richard dealing with Locke, I think. Um, this new kind of, this new resurrected version of Locke who's newly confident, has purpose now, as Locke puts it. Um, but there's a really interesting scene when Locke gives him the compass and uh, they le- he leads them all to a space in the jungle where the beechcraft is, you know, the plane of the Virgin Mary statues filled with heroin. And he says to Locke, uh, he says to Richard, I need you to go and tell whoever comes out of that jungle in a minute, uh, you know, what I've got to do, that I've got to die to get everyone back here and give me this compass. And he does it and it's Locke from the first episode of this season. And it's a really interesting sequence, actually, the way we see it from this point of view. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, no, I, I like it a lot. It feels quite, um, it's just quite weird. Mm. Um, and I mean, I like that. I think, you know, the added perspective does add quite a lot knowing that Locke's like seeing himself. The comment about like it being an out body experience from Ben is mm. quite interesting. And I think you can kind of see that Ben's maybe a bit jealous, uh, that something like this is happening and it probably never happened to him, but also can I get some clarifications? So yes, absolutely. Alpert says, um, he says to Locke, we last saw each other three years ago. Hmm. When when was that three years ago? So that was shortly after Ben, uh, before Ben turned the world. You know when they were down in the uh, the orchid and yes. then Ben puts on the coat and goes down to the ice room and all that. He says to Locke, goodbye, Locke. Uh, you know, my people are now your people and they're waiting nearby. I'm sorry. I was, you know, he apologizes for every, making his life a misery. Locke leaves, finds the others, uh, and when the island is moving and everyone it cuts to everyone and the lights in the sky, we see Locke um, with the others sat next to Richard. So that will be what he's referring to. Okay, I thought that was five years ago. No, that would be three years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be three years ago. All right. <laughs> yeah, because I thought, I thought the last time they saw each other was when Locke had, was bleeding on the, you know, where we, you know, the scene we see him see. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was it, and then when he saw saw himself doing that, I was like, oh wait, that wasn't that wasn't that scene. That's like now. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we knew that that was in the future, or we had a sense that that was in the future, okay. obviously, um, because he says uh, to uh, he, he says, "How do you know there's a bullet in my leg?" And he says, "You told me." He says, "No, I didn't." He says, "You will." 
Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because he just told him. So, you know, back then watching that scene, you, we wouldn't think for a second that there was like another lock just off screen telling Richard to do all this. No. Uh, which is funny. And it also kind of, I had to look this up because I do get like quite confused, but I love it. It's about the compass um, exists in what is what is called a, a, a temporal paradox in that it somehow is never created because he gives it to Locke, who gives it back to Richard in the 50s. So that so days after Richard gives it to Locke, who then disappears, Locke then goes to the 50s, gives it to Richard, who has no idea who Locke is, and says, you need to visit me as a child, give this, this is, you know, a compass. And then that's one of the items that Richard puts down in front of Locke. So it's just this kind of loop of where the fuck did this compass come from? Yeah. Which is exciting and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to delve into this scene. I- I'm going to reluctantly divulge on a few things I want to say about it right now because I feel like when the whole season is kind of completed as a whole in terms of time travel stuff... I'll be able to discuss it more at length with my feelings and theories. Is that okay? Okay. I think a lot of people would want me to kind of maybe stop talking about it as well here. Uh, other than to say, you're right, Ben is probably like, what the hell? Locke says, didn't it tell you to do, you know, these sort of things? And Ben said, no, it, it, it didn't. Um, but, you know, Locke also hits another nail on the head. And Ben, again, his face gives it away when he says, you've never met Jacob. You never met him. And this kind of steers DMO for the rest of this episode, which is all of you people are taking orders from this man and you don't know who he is. You've never met him. Well, how about we do meet him and we find out, we, you know, we find out who the man behind the curtain actually is. Um, and I think as a viewer, we've heard so much about Jacob now. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's completely what we should do. Mm. I know you are. I know you're excited to meet Jacob. Well, I've, I've, I've met him. He's, I can see him through the screen. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, see the, see the real Jacob. <laughs> the people, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The people want Jacob, as you said. <laughs> the people do want Jacob. The people demand Jacob. They and, always, always demand Jacob. And I like the idea of Ben having never met Jacob as well. I think it's quite interesting and mm. kind of changes the... The dynamic as well. Um, if that's true, I guess that would be be quite interesting. I mean, I do have questions about the island actually talking to Locke. Okay, do you want to run through those questions? Well, I mean, only really one question, and that's how. Yeah. Why? I mean, there's also why. There's also. Well, it's funny because. Locke saying that is a funny one. You remember in the um, in season two when Echo died? Uh, sorry, Echo died. You remember in season two when Anna Lucia and Libby died? Yes, and down Locke, in the hatch. Down in the hatch. And uh, the next episode has um, Echo uh, having a series of dreams. Uh, and then about... And Lucia telling him to find the question mark. And that's what leads them to this to Beechcraft, right? In the in the jungle. And uh which his brother was obviously on. Then Locke has a dream about Echo and Yemi and all of this stuff. 
And that's what lead, helps, you know, lead them on their journey. So they have, Echo and Locke were two people who were kind of being communicated to by the island via dreams. Mm-hmm. So it's not kind of, you know, Locke was spoken to, I guess, in some ways. And also he was spoken to in a dream. Remember when Boone was like flashing up with like blood in his face and it's what helped him find the Beechcraft. All the dreams that Locke has and all the times the island kind of communicates with him what to do, as he says it, is to do with that plane. Mm. It's very interesting. That is interesting. So that's why for me, it's not out of place right here, but it's out of place for Locke to kind of be like, it tells me this now. It tells me things now. Yeah, I think it, it feels more more like Doc's implying there's like a real direct, you know, voice yeah, in, yeah, his, yeah. in his yeah. head telling him to do all these things rather than it being kind of as uh, dreamy and non, non-specific yeah. as it was being. You know, this feels like he's basically saying like, oh, the island's like, you know, texting me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, you're right. He does make he does make it seem like that, which is obviously mad. Imagine scrolling through his phone. It's like island. <laughs> oh my god! And of course, you know you know what the island's phone number is already, don't you? Hey, you do, you do. <laughs> it's like for us, it's plus seven seven four eight fifty eight. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't get the plus seven seven, that is an area code. Um, so plus yeah, four four, isn't it? Oh, it's plus four four. Look at me. That's why all my calls aren't connecting. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end, when they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," let's go find Jacob and Son. You know, goes, "Will he be able to help me find Jin?" He's like, "Yes, yes, he will. He will, of course." Well, in the final scene, we get a bit of a sense that <laughs> Locke is actually on his own volition. Um, and as they're all going on their expedition to find Jacob, wherever he may be, uh, Ben's like, yeah. Uh, Jack, John's like, yeah, Ben, I have other plans. Um, which is, do you want to say it? Well, he's going to kill Jacob. Yeah. And he even suggests, he says, you know, yeah, I said that to son, but, you know, um, it's, not my, it's not my priority. So John is... I mean, I don't know. What is John doing? I don't know. He's gone a bit rogue, isn't he? Which is an out of character for John Locke. We know that. He goes off on these random little missions, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I don't I don't feel like it's out of character. I just feel like it's like fucking crazy. Yeah. Um and I know like he'll he'll say like the island's telling him to do whatever. Mm. Um and you know, he's gonna I don't I don't know. I kinda don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a hard one for you to gauge, I guess, because, and even Ben's shocked, but like right now we don't know who <laughs> who Jacob is, what form he takes, how this is all going to work. So to say I want to kill him is like quite a hasty decision. Yeah, I feel like there's just so much we don't understand about the nature of the island at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I, you always just need an episode just to put it, put it all into perspective. And I kind of like, I'd like that to be next episode where it kind of like just uh, explains a few things, mm. Mm. fits it all into, you know, 
gives it a good bit of perspective. And then with the final season, maybe kind of like, because obviously that's the end game. Yeah. It does kind of just moves it into that motion of maybe less, uh, less mysteries and more an actual like resolution <laughs> resolutions. You'd hope, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're about, you're about to get, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say anything else. Um, all I do want to say is um, what what are your predictions for the finale? You said you had many. What do you want to just throw some our way? I mean, I do. I do think that uh, the hydrogen bomb is probably going to go off, and that our gang are all going to disappear. Um, okay. And I don't think they're going to die, like Halpert says. But I do think they're all going to go. It's all going to go a bit crazy. They're going to disappear, mm. and we're going to have to work out from like some new place thing. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> okay. okay. Or like, you know, a new timeline or something where our gang is going to have to deal with like, hmm. With what? I don't know. Well, they're just <laughs> going to have to deal with the reality, like either like broken memories or something, but I don't think they'll undo all the character development that's happened throughout five seasons. So yeah. I, you know, I think that, well, and if they do, that would be a fucking rogue, <laughs> weird move that doesn't really make much sense. Because yeah. I think, um, but yeah, I do think things are going to change in a big way because we're not, we're not going to stay in the seventies, are we? Basically like mm. this is, you know, we, we've reached ahead of that. I think we're, this is going to take us either into the, to the, the future in a way that is like, post-island future. Yeah. Uh, or is it like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> no, no you're, 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 I know it's hard because you obviously are clueless, but like you're, you're making some salient points for sure, um, which is where my head would have been at when I was yeah. on that stage. Yeah. I feel like, you know, um, they're going to they're gonna appear somewhere and it's going to be, it's either going to be like, an alternate future where they don't crash mm. and they still have the memories and then have to piece together their lives or like, or maybe they're just going to go like, for like a thousand years in the past and they're going to be with like four toed Egyptians. or something. <laughs> um, I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some weird like paradox at play. Um, to kind of like end things. But then also, I mean, the Jacob stuff throws a bit of a curveball. I would like that there to, just to be some resolution to the island stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore for like kind of wherever we go next with the main gang to be something, I don't like know. The, that serves that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if like the end of, because two parts, right? Yes. Like end of part one finishes with like them finally meeting Jacob. Um, and then maybe, maybe part one is like a Jack episode. And then part two is like, Ooh, like a Jacob episode. That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to watch this finale with you. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm obviously not saying anything. Um, Okay, cool. Hero, villain of, of Follow the Leader. Um, 
I mean, it's quite clear who the villain is for me personally. I know, I know Charlotte's mum is up there, but there's someone else. Um, and it's totally the guy who hits Juliet. Like, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. Patrick Fischler. Him and Madzowski. And Madzinski. Madzinski. <laughs> Rad. Radzinski. You're kind of Madzinski today. Um, I, feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like I'm in agreement with the, the true villain of the week. Obviously, you can't, you can't, you can't hit Juliet. Like no, that. you can't. Oh, you cannot under any, I mean, geez, always. I mean, equal opportunities. You can't really hit soil like that either. But there's something more shocking and visceral about the sudden turn and smack of Juliet. It's also, it's also the, uh, I know what will get him to talk. Yeah. <sighs> awful. He's like sat there thinking about it, like, I'm going to hit this woman. Ah, uh, awful, 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 awful. Um, yeah, I mean, undisputed villain of the week. <laughs> undisputed. What about uh, hero of the week? Hero of the week's a little more tricky, isn't it? Could be. We could have differing ones here. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about hero of the week because it's. I mean, hmm, it is hard. I mean, I would say Jack's slightly hard trying to save everyone, but also yeah, but he's the other side of it that he's gonna. Yeah. Kill everyone. his memes are mad like he he's not really even considering it i think that's the problem is that he's not even considering it oh it's obvious who hero of the week is are you gonna say pa chang yes yeah i can <laughs> tell we're having the same thought <laughs> dr chang is 100 percent the hero of the week he sacrifices his family life and he tries to save everyone getting them all off the island yeah there's there's a lot of heroic stuff going on here, and I yeah. think it, I think it's uh, fair play to him. You know, an unexpected hero of the week for sure. I know, I know, I love it though. I absolutely love it. Uh, Pierre Chang, hero of the week. Uh, considering he was like when we first beat him, and a few times this season, he's led to he's made out to be a bit of a you know a bit of a do good, a bit of a a, a, whip, a whip crack. He's just a bit. Well, I don't know. He's in charge and proud of it and slings his authority around whereas now in the, and after the past episodes he's definitely mellowed and i really like him i really like him francois chow good actor I, w- I would be happy to see uh to see more of him absolutely <laughs> absolutely well he'll be playing a little part in next week's finale any thoughts you want to share before we leave and start considering the finale. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. There aren't. There was a lot to take in that episode. I feel there are lots of like nice little moments, lots of great scenes. I've really enjoyed this back half of the season. Actually, I was surprised because, like, I think I know. I said before that I wasn't too keen of them staying in this past time on the island, and then we've kind of stuck there. But I think it's definitely been justified, mm-hmm. um, and it's been like it's been quite a weird back half of the season. I can, I can understand why people wouldn't like it as much because they do throw out like, I mean, there are, there's some other weird shit that is still, you know, in the background. Like they introduce like that other weird group who asked <laughs> for the password or, you know, whatever. And currently yeah. have, what's his name captured? Frank Lapidus. Um, Frank Lapidus. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of small things going on. And I think, I think I'd be disappointed if, the last episode of the season didn't tie up more than it asked in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
And I think it, I think we, we, it's so, it feels like everything's so geared up towards the finale and, you know, the incident that it almost, it needs to stick that landing. Otherwise I think it could very much ruin the buildup of the last few episodes. If that makes I think, sense. I, I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. I'm glad you've been won over though, um, because, you know, we've needed to kind of be, to get used to this timeline to, for it to be effective in the finale. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if you've liked it so far, you will like how it ends personally. So exciting. Exciting. I love that we have this to watch. Um, oh, all right. Where can people find us and all that? They can find us at Lost Boys Pod on Twitter. Um, you're on where? Jack J. Shepherd. And you're, you're at where? Jacob underscore Stahl. I, I feel like we should apologise because we're getting seemingly later and later putting out podcasts. That's fine. But, you know, I think, like someone said, and it, it was disappointing to read, but someone said on Twitter, they were just like, oh, I feel like the energy's gone <laughs> between us. Did they? And, yeah, which I thought was quite mean. But I think, you know, one of the reasons we do the podcast is because we like hanging out with each other and being there with each other, watching yeah. it and talking about it. And I think, it's like, as... Yeah, it's it's hot. Like Zoom chats and stuff are just exhausting. I don't, I don't know feel. I don't feel like there's been a change in our dynamic when we're talking about Lost Day. No, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, I don't think there's. I don't. I don't think there's really been any change in dynamic. I think there's probably. It's maybe a bit more stilted because sometimes, like, we have to pause and you have to do, you know, proper. We have Zoom delays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So no, we I had to, we had to stop this one because there was a delay where Jack wasn't really responding to what I was saying because he couldn't hear what I was saying. So if that equates to a lack of energy we apologize but i <laughs> i refute the claim of the person who said that there isn't enthusiasm there anymore because there absolutely is yeah and i think like yeah the nature of recording these things distantly yeah you know, it's it's not as it's not as fun and i miss i was seeing seeing you bro uh obviously mate uh, it's been i worked out that it's been over a year now because uh, the last time I saw you would have been celebrating uh, my girlfriend's birthday in that pub. Do you remember? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And her birthday was two days ago. So it's literally been a year and four days since I last saw you. <sighs> so that's sad, you know. That's, that's that's not good. That's not good. We'll meet again. We will. We absolutely will. Maybe we'll meet for, I don't know, the last ever episode of Lost. I, you know, we. I was thinking about this earlier because we kept talking about like how we would do like a live episode and stuff, and we always try to do it around the finale. Yeah, and now we find, we find we're at the season five finale. I know, I know. It's so wild, it's so wild to actually think we're diving into season six because this is definitely the one I'm like less clued up on, and uh, still, still to this day, like a bit unsure about certain moments because I, I, I have to wear my critical hat with some of season six. It's not lost at its best. But it has some great moments, and I think the show ends fantastically. So uh, it'll only it'll only be, you know, it will be ver- it will be primarily positive on my end. On your end, we'll wait and see, won't we? Oh, I hope it's good. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the show goes, and I feel like I feel like it would. I don't know. I feel like it would be hard to be disappointing and bad because I kind of trust in what they've been doing um but at the same time i can also see it going horribly wrong yeah horribly horribly wrong anyway sign us off jack please
Thank you, everyone, to everyone for listening along, and see you next week or in two weeks or whenever we record for <laughs> the finale. I don't think I can wait that long, to be honest. So it'll be sooner rather than later. The incident is incoming. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing this to my attention, Ben. I know we've had our differences in the past, John, but I'm here to follow you now. So if you need Jacob to help you reunite your people, then I'll do whatever. I'm not interested in being reunited with my people. What do you mean? You told Sun. I know what I told her, but that's not why we're going to Jacob. Then why are we going to Jacob? So I can kill him. <laughs>